Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bishop Daniel Harley, the resident pastor of Christ Our Hope Cathedral, Peter Mansfield, and overseer of the KZN Council of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley is a son of Bishop Daggy Woodman, the founder and bishop of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. Hallelujah. Why don't you appreciate the Lord with a hand clap? Give him glory. Give him praise. Honor him. Hallow him. Extol him. Exalt him. Bless his name. Praise his holy name. Give him a shout of praise. Glorify him. He deserves it. He has paid for it. He is worth it. Wow. Hallelujah. Lift your hands to Jesus. Let's pray. I want you to just, wherever you are, just in your own words, bless the Lord for this blessed opportunity to be in his presence. Others would have loved to be in his presence, but for one reason or another, are unable to be here. Others would have loved to be in his presence, but Satan has made it impossible for them to be in his presence. Work has made it impossible for them to be in his presence. Health has made it impossible for them to be in his presence. Family engagements have made it impossible for them to be in his presence. But you and I find ourselves in the presence of the Lord, having overcome all these things that have tried to keep us away from his presence. Let us give him glory. Let us give him praise. Let's honor him. Let's bless him. Let's bless him. Bandola Baconda Braskepa. Then sings my soul. Basoka Besotaleba Limpolakala. We bless you, Jesus. We give you glory. We give you praise. We exalt you. You are worthy. Hallowed be your name. Thanks for this beautiful opportunity to be in your presence. Thank you that issues could not affect us. Time could not affect us. Sickness could not affect us. The devil could not prevent us. Family engagements could not prevent us. All the things that keep people away from your presence could not prevent us. But you have made it possible. We see it as your grace and your favor to be in your presence. We bless you. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give dancing my soul.
you for this opportunity with your spirit. Thank you for this opportunity with your word. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you will give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened this morning as we come before your word, that we will know your riches in glory that you have for your saints, the inheritance of your saints, and your resurrection power, which you demonstrated when you raised Christ from the dead. I pray today speak to our spirits, our hearts, our souls, and our minds. In the name of Jesus, let our mortal bodies and its sins and its desires and its lust not stand in the way of your way. Your word declares that your word is quick and powerful, sharper than every two-edged sword. And is able to pierce into the dividing asunder of bone and marrow thoughts and intents it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of every heart let your word go down into our spirits and into our souls in the name of jesus we give you glory and praise mighty holy spirit speak to us in a way that will understand may you alone be glorified and you alone be exalted today in jesus mighty name and everybody said, Amen. Wonderful, you may be seated in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Well, it's an honor and a privilege to be the one preaching to you today. I do not take it for granted. It's a God-given opportunity. I said a God-given opportunity to preach to you. <laughs> When you drink tea in the morning, that's what happens. Amen. But like I'm saying, it's a God-given opportunity to preach to you. And my prayer is that I'll make the most of it so that I can get the reward that God has destined to give to me for my time in this place. Amen. Wonderful. Well, just by way of announcement, um, James and Susie, we blessed their marriage yesterday. It, 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 it. Yeah, Mr. James. Now you can't call him James anymore. Mr. James. Yeah. Um, they, 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 they had their marriage quite a long time ago. And we're just waiting for the fine time to bless it, which we did. It was a small. Why were you not invited? It was just a small ceremony, one on one. Do you get The space was small. If we all go there, we can't maintain social distancing. So just something small, okay? He says he's going to have a party for all of us in December, so. As for that one, you will be invited. Amen. Wonderful. Now to the word of God. For the next 50 minutes, I just want your attention to share the word of God with you. This is the most important reason why you must come to church, to receive the word of God. Amen. Bible says... By the word, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Without it, without the word of God, there was nothing made that was made. Your life can only be built with the word of God. Not with the words of your pastor, but with the word of God. Amen. So you should always be looking out for the word of God. Amen. 
wonderful. And I believe that today is one of those days that God is going to speak to us. I've been talking about principles of Christianity. Is that not so? Seven great principles. And I said, um, a principle is a deep understanding or revelation of how something works. Amen. And when you understand a principle or you know a principle, how things work, you can develop from there. Christianity is also based on certain principles that help you develop your Christian life. Amen. And I'm, I said that my intention is that you and I will enjoy our Christian life to the conclusion that we will be established as Christians, that things don't move us. Amen. Amen. So I said I'll, I'm going to talk about principles of salvation, principles of great change, principles of a peculiar life, principles of a supernatural life, principles of spiritual growth, principles of fruitfulness, and principles of establishment. Amen. So I'm taking my time to go through these things, and I'm talking about seven sets of principles. Do, do you understand? Seven sets of principles. And I said, the first one is about salvation, which I have done in the past week. Last week, we looked at seven great principles of salvation. Number one, we said, let's go through it quickly. Man is a spirit. He has a soul and he lives in a body. Principle number two is what? The spirit of an unsaved man is dead and desperately wicked. Number three is what? The spirit of, please read with me, okay, encourage me, okay. The spirit of a saved man is righteous and truly holy. Number four is what? After you are born again, your spirit is a new babe, good, and it must grow. I see your spirit growing. Wonderful. Number five is what? After you are born again, your mind is still the same. It must be renewed. Number six is what? After you are born again, your body is still the same. You must keep it under control. I told you that as for this body, if you don't keep it under lock, dog, and key, it will disappoint you and disgrace you. It likes to do bad things. The only time it will stop doing bad things is when it is dead and it goes into the grave. But for as long as it's alive, it likes to do bad things. So we have to keep it under control. Amen. Your body is like my body. They like doing the same thing. Hallelujah. And I gave you an experiment last week. If you don't trust what I'm saying, if you like, just close your eyes for a second as I'm preaching for like maybe a minute and let your mind stray by the time you are asleep. Meanwhile, you didn't plan to sleep. Do you get it? Uh-huh. So that's the body. And then number seven is what? Your mind is still open to evil thoughts. Think on the right thing. Amen. Put your hands together for principles of salvation. Today, we want to look at principles of a great change. Principles of a great change. And I want to believe God and finish it today. All right, principles of a great change. Amen. Now, when you are born again, God expects there to be a change in your life. Amen. 
Because the Bible tells us that the process of being born again is God taking out your heart, which is your stony heart. Ezekiel 36, verse 26, it says, I will take out the, the heart of stone, which is in you, and put in the heart of flesh, so that you can keep my commandments. Do, do you understand? So, before we are born again, we have a heart of stone that doesn't respond. It's irresponsive to anything that God says. But God says, for you to be able to be a Christian, I will give you a heart that responds to me. Amen. I will give you a heart that responds to me. Now, when God gives you that heart, you are now born again. God expects that the effect of having that heart and keeping his commandment will produce a great change in your life. Some of the things that you were doing before, all the things you used to do before which were evil, you will stop to do it. You and I will stop to, if you are a liar, you stop being a liar. If you are a pickpocket, you stop pickpocketing. Do you get, if you used to fight, I mean, I know Christians who can fight and block the street. I mean, you are fighting with your neighbor, you have blocked the street. Yes, you have removed your top. You are a lady also, you have removed your top. You are bare-chested and you have blocked the street. No, I've seen, it's, listen up guys. It's not a story I heard though. It's what I saw with my own eyes. Yeah, I saw it. I mean, block the street. Yeah. Bare chested. I mean, church member. Ah. Yeah. So we had a song. Great change since I met God. Great change. I'm just trying to get them to sort out the sound. Since I met God. Great change since I met God. There's been a great change since I met God. Do you get so as we walk with God, there must be a great change. The things I used to, to do, do, I do them no more. The things I used to say, I say them. Some no of more. you could swear like a machine gun, but now that you are born again, no you shouldn't be swearing anymore. Sing that part for God. me. Roll it, man. The things I used to do, I do them. Some of the places you used to, you should go there no more. Do you get this? Is just to remind you and set the sound. Okay, good. (laughs) Do you get it? So, God expects us to change. As Christians, as we get born again, as you you expose yourself to the word of God, as you expose yourself to the church, to preaching, to Christians, godly people, God expects there to be a change which everybody can see. Not a change. You see, when you get born again initially, it's a change that is inside your heart. Do, Do you understand? That one, nobody can see it. Do you get that's why the Bible says, By faith are you saved. So at that point, it's faith. I believe that I'm saved. Like yesterday, I asked James and Susie. I said a few things. Say, if you be say, I do. They say, I do, I do. Then I said, you are husband and wife. Straight, they believed it, that they are husband and wife. So that's salvation. But after some time, something must show that they are husband and wife. 
You too, after you are born again for some, something must show that you are born again. Amen. And that's what we call a great change. And an example of this great change is Apostle Paul. Amen. Galatians chapter 1, I'm reading verse 23. says, but they, but they heard, they had heard only that he which persecuted us in time past now preached the faith which he once destroyed. 24 says, and they glorified God in me. Hallelujah. This guy, he was a persecutor of the church. He was somebody who fought Christians and fought the church. Amen. Let me read his own account. This is what somebody is saying. Do you get it? Like what somebody is saying or he's writing, but now he's giving his own account of his life. First Timothy chapter one in verse 12, reading to verse 16 says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord. You see, I don't want to go to the whole account of his change from Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 9. No, 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 no. Do you get it? But just, just flow with me. And when you go home, read it. But he's giving an account after he's now saved. He says, I thank Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus, our Lord, who had enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Who was before? So he's now saying, what I was before, who was before a blasphemer? Who is a blasphemer? Somebody who talks against God and against sacred things. That's a blasphemer. That's a blasphemer. Somebody who speaks against God, God's things. Yeah, it's a blasphemer. A persecutor. This guy, he was killing pastors. So today is better when they write on Facebook. It's easier. He was killing them physically, putting them to death. He had a warrant of arrest and to kill pastors. You think the world has changed? The world has not changed. It's the same type we are living in. Yeah, he had license to kill pastors. Yeah. Amen. So why are you surprised about today's proceedings or proceedings? Whichever one works. We are in Bible days. We are textbook Bible days. That's what we are in. A persecutor. Injurious. Somebody was injurious. Do you understand injurious? (laughs) Somebody who is insolent. Sister Prudence, you are an English teacher. Is that what injurious means? Am I right? Yeah, I'm right. No, 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 I'm asking just for asking sake. So you can know. No, if I tell you, you won't believe because I'm a Zulu teacher. I'm using an English teacher to tell you. Yeah. Somebody who causes damage. But you see, somebody who causes damage to people. But when you read it in the Bible, the the footnote there is somebody who does things with insolence. Yeah, with insolence, which is arrogance, pride, high-mindedness. Ins- you can't even you, you can't control him. Insolence. Yeah. This is the guy. Who, so even when he started to come to church, the church members started to leave the church. Because they know the guy said, This guy, no, 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 no. This guy, Pastor. Yeah. Like 
one day when I went for an outreach and I saw a guy. I mean, we we're doing an akazo, so we just preached. Said, oh, go out, bring anybody you see around. And where the church was, there were taverns, bride spots, and people, so people hung around there. So it's easy to go out and bring somebody who has not prepared to come to church. So I went and I saw this guy. He looked like a guy. So I said, oh, guy, I think that I want to take you to church. Look, I said, Wozala. I said, hey, Wozala. And he looked at me. He looked, he was sitting there, I was standing. He looked at me. I looked at him. Then I eyeballed him. And he eyeballed me. Then he asked me. I said, yes, you. He said, me now. I said, you now. Wozala. Etawin. He was so shocked that he got up. When he got up, our heights equaled. I mean, he left the playing field. <laughs> that advantage I thought I had, he leveled it up. Yeah. And he was still looking at me and I was still looking at him. Then he moved his shirt this way to show me that he's packed or he's strapped. I said, okay. So I kept my, I kept looking in his eyes. I pretend I couldn't even see whatever he was trapped with. So there was, there was a pause. It's like when Bible says there was silence in heaven for about half. There was a pause for about 10 seconds. And we were eyeballing each other. And I could feel all the ice in the place on me. Yeah. So I kept my eye on him like that. I said, okay. Then he took out the piece. Then he spoke to one of his attorneys there. He said, hold this for me. I'm coming. Then I said, I said okay, let's go. Then we just walk. Then we just walk. And I brought him to church. Yeah. I'm sure when I entered, later I found out that he was a crack arm robber in the area. I didn't even know. I didn't know. Look, when I brought him into the church, like everybody's in the church, they are watching their bag, their mobile phone, their children, their wives, their cars. Every once in a while, somebody will go outside and come. You don't know what they are checking. They are going to check if their car is still there. I, then I brought him. I sit down. Then I preached. I said, Otako, pray this prayer with me. Hey, share what they saw. From that day, all the bad boys in the area, when they see me, pastor, 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 pastor. I'm sure he has told them, that's my pastor. Everybody, hey! No, 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 no. But Paul was like this type of guy. So even when he said he had changed, everybody was afraid. Because you, you are not sure. You know, when a madman says he has been cured, you are usually not sure. Because sometimes he has something small that he uses to frighten the children. Do you, do you get it? Uh-huh. So, hey. But this was Paul. But he had changed completely. Somebody who's injurious, a persecutor, a blasphemer. He had changed. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. So God gave me mercy. This guy had now become a preacher. There was a great change that everybody could see. Everybody could see. Some of us are the reason why the people in our house are not getting born again. They cannot see any change. Any change at all. 
All they know is that you go to church on Sunday. But they can't see any change. But when they start to see a change, they will see that this thing called being born again or this thing called salvation is really, really real. Look, some of you are the only Jesus some people will ever know. Yeah, so use your opportunity well. Some people may never come to church. They may never read the Bible. You are the Bible they are reading. You are the church they are seeing. You are the church they are seeing. You and I are the church that they see. Hallelujah. Now, how does great change come into your life? Great change is governed by seven different principles, which is what I want to share with you today. All this is by way of introduction to let you know that God expects there to be change in your life. And this is how this change comes. Principle number one, let's roll. After you are born again, a great change will come into your life if you grow spiritually. Amen. I see a great change coming into your life. If you grow spiritually. First Corinthians 3, I read 1 and 2. It says, I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spirituals, but as unto carnals. A carnal person is a Christian who has not changed. Even as unto babes or babies in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto ye were unable to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. Amen. He said, I, I, I cannot speak to you as spiritually matured people. I have to speak to you as babies because you have not changed. Though you are born again. Pastor, does it mean that you are nobody? You are born again, all right, but you have not allowed yourself to change. Amen. So he says, I couldn't speak to you as people who are spiritually matured. I couldn't share spiritual things with you. I had to give you milk. Do you know what milk is? Milk is, I see the Lord blessing you. God is opening a new door before you. He's coming to you in his power. I see him delivering you from sin. You are getting a great change in your life. You are moving forward. That's milk. That's milk. And, and, and milk is necessary. That's why when I'm preaching, then I'll add, I see a great change coming to you. Because when you are eating cornflakes, you don't just eat only the flakes. You add some small milk. There are some foods that when we eat, we add some milk to it. Because the milk makes the food go down well. But you can't only be drinking milk. It's only babies and canadians who drink milk all the time. I couldn't preach to you uh, uh, what, what, what did I? Doctrine. Precept upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. Here a little there. I couldn't preach those things to you. Because you have not changed. You have not made any progress. But if you had grow up spiritually, immediately we will begin to see change in your life. Hallelujah. I mean, think about it. You see, your spirit is the seat. You see, this change we are talking about, is it changing your hairstyle? changing your financial life. No, it's changing your character. Christianity must affect your character. It must affect your... Look, if you knew me when I wasn't born again, or when I was born again, I was changing, you will never pick an argument with me. I'm telling you. I tell you the truth for free. If you knew me as an unbeliever, I was going to do politics. Yes. You won't pick an argument with me. Because when I take you on in an argument, you will not be the same again. 
But when I got born again, I said, look, you can't be hurting people with the things you say. I can be very spiteful if you try me. You cannot be hurting people with what you say. It's like when you are talking to people, then you say something, then it will cut them. I mean, we are arguing about the shoe. But by the time we finish, you need a cardiologist. Because your heart has been crushed so many times just, just because of the shoe you came to argue about. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the shoe is not, it's a Chinese shoe. Yeah, it's not even important. It doesn't change anything. And we are arguing about the color, whether it's brown or black. Yeah, the things I can say about even the, how you see. Yeah, because it, it's related with your eyes. And every, by the time I've hurt you for nothing. Do you get it? Yeah, I had to go through a change. That's why I don't argue with people when I'm angry with them. No, never. I just smile and walk away. When, I, when my heart is at peace, then I'll now tell you what I think. So that I don't hurt anybody. Yeah. It's a change. Look, one day I argued with my, with my sister, one of my sisters. When we finished, she, she put a curse on me. Yeah, she said, nobody will marry you in your life. I remember. How, yeah. But the way I rip her into pieces, my older sister, not even my younger sister. Because I, I mean, yeah. So we are talking about a change. Christianity must bring a change in your character, in your character, in your character, in your character, in the way you talk, the things you do, how you respond to things. There must be a change in your character. If there's no change in your character, then what is the use of Christianity? What is the use of the new heart? Is it just to take you to heaven? That's not enough. God wants your character to change on this earth so that by your behavior and your way of life, others will say this Christianity thing is real. It's really real. This person is a Christian. Yeah. And if you don't go, you see, so we are talking about a change in your character and your way of life. Now, this change can only be possible because it comes from your spirit. Your, your spirit or your heart is the seat of your behavior. So the Bible says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it proceeds the issues of life. So the things you do, they come from your heart. So if your heart is not in control, which is your spirit, it's not in control of your body. I told you, man is a spirit, he has a soul and he lives in a body. So if your spirit is not in control of your soul, and your body your body will, will just let you do the things you don't want to do yeah. so until the spirit grows it cannot control the body I mean think about it our babies who are around what do they control? nothing with them where we want to take them but they don't take us where. But when they grow, like when I was a baby, they take me where they want to. But now I'm grown. I take the people where I want them to grow. May your spirit take your body where your spirit wants it to go. So grow up. How do you grow up spiritually? Grow up by, by, through the word. Reading the Bible. Reading the Bible. Praying. Coming to church regularly. These three things are ingredients that bring growth for every Christian. Your spirit must grow. You can't be a spiritual baby. Every day, baby, baby. Every day you are crying. Every day you are. Once in a while you cry because you have eyes. One of the duties of the eyes is also to cry. But not that every day, all the eyes, instead of the eyes seeing, is crying. No. Grow up. As you grow up spiritually, 
the change will start showing. When you are tempted to do something because your spirit is now, the Bible says your spirit is created after God in righteousness and true holiness. So your spirit doesn't like doing bad things. The only reason why you do bad things is that your spirit is a baby. So your flesh, which only enjoys bad things, controls you. But when your spirit has now grown, when the body says, Rosala, it will ask, eh, Ndon? Ndon? Yeah. Ndon? Yeah. You see, like, I am in charge in my house. When my children, well, I, I used to tell people that I can, I can even control my children with my eyes. My eyes. My eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My eyes. Usually have visitors. I usually don't tell my children what to do. I look at them. When I look at them, they know what to do. So I'll be talking to you, then I'll just look at them. They know what to do. Maybe they want to do something. They'll also be looking at me. They'll be looking at me. So I'm talking to you, and then I tell, then I just make my eye in a setting. I won't make it now when you, you say, ah, he's there. I just make my eye in a setting. They know that, no, this is not the time to do this thing. Why? Because I've grown. I'm now mature. You too, when your spirit grows, when your flesh wants to do, your flesh wants to gossip, your spirit will look at you like that, eh? Then it will stop it. Somebody offends you, want to fight, then your spirit will look at you like, hey. So, okay. Anyway, now. I see you growing spiritually. That's the milk that makes the thing go down. That's what makes it go down. Yeah. Principle number two you are born again, a great change will come into your life if you renew your mind with the word of God. A great change will come into your life if you renew your mind with the word of God. So you can even put how to, how to have great change in your life. Number one, your spirit must grow. Number two, your mind must be renewed with the word of God. Romans chapter 2 says, I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not. So it says, verse 1, like we, we, we can even separate verse 1 from verse 2. It says, I beseech you, I beg you, brethren, by God's mercies, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. He says, become a living sacrifice, something that is holy and acceptable unto God. That's your reason. That's the right thing to do. So it's like, let there be some powerful change in your life. Become a real Christian. Then verse 2, it says, how do you do it? How do you do it? Be not conformed to this world. Don't be like all the people in this world. If you're a wife, don't be like the worldly wife. Don't be like the wives in your office. If you're a husband, don't be like the husbands at your workplace. If you're a child, or a, 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 yeah, if you're a child, don't be like all the children who are moving around in your school, who don't respect their parents, who are arrogant and abusive to their parents and everything. But be transformed, which is be changed. Be changed. The word transform here is from the word metamorpho. Metamorpho. Metamorpho, which we get the word metamorphosis from. Which is to go through a radical transformation or a radical change. I almost asked Bulelua since she's an English teacher, but I didn't ask her. Yeah, I'll ask next time, next time. 
be changed, be transformed. How, how can you, how do you bring this transformation? She says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When your mind is renewed, it produces change in your life. It produces a great change in your life. When your mind is renewed. And when it's renewed by the word of God, there's a way you were thinking before you got born again. You have to do It's like, you see, you are like a computer. What you put into the computer is what you get out of the computer. Garbage in, garbage out. What you put in is what you get. You cannot ask the computer for a file which you have not put in. It can't make it by itself. What you put in is what brings the thing. So if you renew your mind with the word of God, immediately you will see that you will have a godly life, a life that is based on the, on the word. Some of us have filled our minds with things. Things, ideologies, ideas from Shaka Zulu. Ideas from Tabo Beki. Ideas from Nelson Mandela. Ideas from hip-hop. Ideas from soapies. It is what has filled your mind. Soapies. I remember we had a famous soapy in South Africa called Generations. Everybody was sleeping with everybody. So you grow up as a lady thinking that sleeping with people is the right thing to do now you must remove that and put a new file there yeah. it's not your fault you were an unbeliever then but now that you are a believer you have to delete that file delete remove this file you put another file there remove this file then you put another file from the word of god there. remove this file you put, how great change comes into your life. This is the reason why Christians are not changed. Meanwhile, they are in the church for a long time. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm trying. Ephesians chapter 4, I'm reading from 22. It says, That ye put off concerning the former conversation of the old man. Let me explain this to you quickly. It says that you put away the old behavior. The word conversation is an old word for behavior. So it says that you put away the old behavior of the old man. The old man is when you were, before you got saved. Which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. So it tells you that this old man, his ways are corrupt. He doesn't do good things. He's not into good things. He's only into bad things. So he says, put it off. Delete it. Remove it. Get rid of it. Then 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. He said, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed up here. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Until this renewal goes on. The things you used to do, you will continue to do them. The places you used to go, you will continue to go. You go to nightclub, Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning, you come to church. Because you are born again. But you have not renewed your mind. So, Friday, you are jamming. You are jamming there. What are some of your current songs that you play?
It's okay, it's okay. The way you are all confused, it's also good. But Friday night, you are there, kum, kum. Then Saturday night, kum, 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 Then Sunday. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art. Then as you are singing, not then. Yesterday's song, hey, sorry. How great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior then you remember one of the moves from yesterday you just read then you come back to yourself how great thou art how great thou do you know why there's that confusion your spirit is born again but your mind has not been renewed so you are still doing the same old things that you were doing As soon as you leave the church, you just remember that you are packed. Tell your neighbor you are packed. So you pull out one, one row. Then you do. Then you ask your neighbor. We're on the golf course. We said, somebody asks us, do we have a lighter? We said, oh, on the golf, what are we doing with a lighter on the golf course? I thought you were coming to ask for a pitching wedge. <laughs> Dr. Son, we should play one of these days. So, <laughs> I thought you were coming to ask for a pitching wedge. I asked for a lighter. What are we, are we going to bend the ball? So you just ask, you tell, Lungani is going to drop you. They ask Lungani, do you have a lighter? How dare you? Then you light it. Then you say, excuse me whilst I light my spliff. Oh God. (laughs) Yeah. I say, if we come and see you after church at 2 p.m., you are so high like a high school. Yeah, like I, I said last week, you are about four hours ahead of us. You'll be asking, why is the sun so dim? Because you're already at six o'clock and we are at two o'clock. Because you are high. Yeah. But you are born again. The reason your mind has not been renewed. Let's continue to read our scripture. Oh, time is flying on you. Now he says, Where are you? Be renewed in the state of your mind that ye put on the new man. That the new man, you have to put it on. I can't lay my hands on you and say, receive the new man. I can't. I can't lay hands. If I could lay hands on you, all I would do, I would be staying at the door. As soon as you come, I receive the new man, then you enter. Receive, the church will be full of the new man. But I can't. You cannot stop stealing by the laying on of hands. You have to put it on. He said, put on the new man which is created after God in righteousness and true holiness. Then now he begins to tell you the files to delete. 25. 25. Boom. Abracadabra. Bim, lala, bim. Okay, let's go to the Old Testament. Wherefore, ah, 
Ah, I had to sink. Okay, no problem. <laughs> Wherefore, putting away number one, lying. You have to delete it. You, you have to stop thinking that lying is okay. Oh, you know, I was quick. I just told a quick lie that I escaped. You have to stop doing that. I tell my children all the time, I, am, I will be happier if you tell me the truth. I will be more angry, no matter what you have done. I'll be angrier at you lying about it than even what you have done. So sometimes they do some things. I'm really angry about it. But when they tell the truth, I just decide, let me not mind them. So that they can learn the lesson I'm trying to teach them. That honesty, lying. One of the great two, two things that represent the devil. Lying and accusations. This is free of charge. Lying. Because you are of your father there devil. He was a liar from the beginning. When he speaks a lie, he speaks, he doesn't make a lie, he speaks of himself. Now the accuser of the brethren, which accuses before our God, both day and night, is cast down. Do you get Like this, so when they talk about fornication, they don't use it to describe the devil. But when they talk about accusation and lying, they use it to describe Satan. So when you see lies going around, know that Satan is there fully so when lies mixed with accusation, hey, World Cup. That's what it's not. When there's only lies, Champions League finals. But when lies mixed with accusation, World Cup finals. World Cup finals. Putting away. Look, as a Christian, you shouldn't lie. Tell the truth and get into trouble. It's better. It's better. Speaking every man truth to his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Next one. Be angry and sin. This is what I was just telling you about. Be angry and sin not. So everybody has a right to be angry. It's not only Christians who get angry. You know that there are four temperaments in the world plus F1. Yeah. Um, sanguines, melancholics, phlegmatics, choleric, and I didn't say anything. I, I didn't know. Please go and listen to the message. You will see that I did. I just said end the faith, and I left it. Please, please. Oh, help you later. What a grand man. Good things are grand. Yeah. It says, be, so you have a right to be angry. In your anger, don't sin. Yeah, in your anger, don't. I heard of it. He said, let me go. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. And your anger lasts for weeks when the Bible tells you that your anger shouldn't go into that. I knew a young he had an alarm for 4 30. 4 30. As soon as it rings, pinning the pinning, you ask, Where are you going? So oh, I'm not going anywhere. The Bible says that when you are angry by it, shouldn't the sun shouldn't go down. The sun usually goes down from this time. So I'm making sure that anybody I'm angry or annoyed with, I'll fix it now before the sun goes down. Daily alarm, daily alarm. An alarm for every single day. Half past four. I mean, you are, I mean, and you are not the faith temperament too. How can you get angry like that? I mean, if you are the faith temperament, it comes with the nature. But even that one, we try to control it with anointing oil and the laying on of hands. Huh. It's working on you. It's working on you. Yeah, it's work. I can feel it working on you. house. No, you are not a white person. How can you do that? 
that anger is too expensive. I say it's too expensive. You are angry at the television. I, some people were watching uh, Liverpool recently when they scored, and the guy smashed. He was just angry and he hit the TV. Then the TV fell down. He, he fell down and he broke. Brand because of Liverpool, you have broken your TV. And you have not learned patience having to wait 30 years to win the Premier League. It has not taught you patience. You, have, you are still in that feeling. Oh! You are walking alone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Be angry and say, Let the, let's go to the next. I want to finish. I'm left with only four minutes. Neither give place to the devil. You have to remove. When you are angry, you are giving place to the devil in your life. You are, you are actually opening the door. You have sent the devil a WhatsApp message and you are telling the devil, come in. You have called and said, what's Allah? Jonah, keep your eyes on me. Good. You have given place to him. He said, let him that stole. Still no more. You can't be a Christian. You continue to steal people's mobile phones, people's bags. He said, delete it. The way the message is going, can't fit into one Sunday. Yeah. Look, one day, I was pastoring a church. Then one of her church members went out and she was robbed. Okay, she was robbed. Then when she was robbed, we were, we were all sad. She, they stole her mobile phone, so we were all sad. And we were comforting her, you know. Then suddenly somebody brought the phone. They brought the phone. I said, oh. I didn't know my prayers could work that quickly until that day. Very miraculous sign. The person brought the phone back. Yeah, then he said, oh. So we're all suppressed. Oh, why? So the guy says, he's a member of this church. So he cannot allow them to steal from like the kingpin, the dawn of the, that group. He said, oh, he said, he's an usher in the church. So he cannot allow. So he was looking on the phone. Then he saw a picture that's always from his church. So he sent them to bring the phone back. Yeah, yeah. Church member. <laughs> Do you remember that story that Bishop said he went to preach in a prison? As he was preaching, then somebody shouted in the preaching, What a shock! Immediately he knew that his current members, they are inside the prison. They are inside the prison. (laughs) But let him labor, working with his own hands, the thing which is good that he may have and give to him that needeth. And so on and so forth. Let, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. You can't be swearing. It's like something happens, then you shout, what it? Then you fire, boom. Then the mouth, you come and stand on the stage and you start to just sing. With the same mouth. That you were using to swear last night. It must change. It all comes from the renewing of your mind. Telling your mind that this thing is not right. Many of us do wrong things because in our minds we have not accepted that it's wrong. Yeah. Even with our current um, battles. 
or occurrences or issues. Many of you are struggling because you have not accepted that what is being done is wrong. If you accept it, your struggle, you, it will be like night and day. No, you won't even have an argument with anybody again. You, you will just, boom! You, you know the way darkness dispels when you turn on a light? That's how it will be. The problem is not the people around you or the people over there or the people in China or in Japan. It's in your mind. If you just accept that this thing is wrong and must not be, immediately you will know. Nobody has to tell you what to do. You will know what to do. You will know what is right. It's, I've not accepted it. Be renewed in the spirit. Of, it's a painful thing because you cannot imagine your mentor. But it's the truth. Vocal communication out of your mouth. But that which is good to the using for edification, which is to build people up, to encourage people, that it may minister grace unto them, that when the person hears you, it will be grace. Yeah. Sometimes if it's a hard truth, that's one of the skills I acquired to replace that callousness. That was on my tongue. That when I speak to you, I'll cut you into pieces. That's the guy. He's that grace. Even when I'm facing I face you, then I make a joke. Then you laugh small. Then it's like, I'm trying to suit it so that you don't break. Yeah. You see, I'm facing you, I'll be laughing. I'll be laughing at you as I'm facing you. So that you don't break. So that they hear, there'll be grace to it. When you go, you think about it. You say, hey, Charlie facing with such laughter. Wow. I've never seen some before. Look, it was hot to you, but the laughter made it cool. Minister grace. Grace. So when somebody hears you talking, they can't. One of the ways people know that you're a Christian is by the way you talk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can tell a bad girl when you see her. Depending on where you are. Where I come from, bad girls don't wear, we have a, a dress called Kaba and Slate. Bad girls don't wear Kaba and Slate. It's like, it's, a tra- it's something like what my wife, before, what my wife is wearing is close to it, it's the same fabric, but they make it in a certain way. You, when you are, finally, Wozala, Wozala. It's like this. Even the skirt is made straight, you can't open your legs. Oh no, come up. You are short. So no, you are small. Or the ground is low. Yeah. You see the way it's made. You can't even open your legs. I say it again. You see the way the skirt is made long. You can't even it's so tight. You can't when you are walking, you have to walk. You can't even Yeah. So walk like a lady. You can't even open your leg. You are wearing a skirt, it's here. How do you why do you think that it's so easy to just One of the ways you know a Christian is by the way they talk. When they talk, you say, you, you such grace, such, such beauty in the way they are talking. So, look, I, 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 I pastored a church. Now, this is like the fourth or fifth church I'm pastoring since I got born again. One of the churches, when I got there, I met a lady. The lady was the pastor's right-hand man. When she dreams, the pastor makes a decision. I've had this experience twice. I remember a church I was pastoring also. The pastor was taking over from. He had this young boy in the church. He would come and give a powerful dream. Then the pastor is awed. So the first time the pastor called me, he came and gave a concrete. The dream was precise. 
When he finished, I said, thank you. Then I opened the door. The pastor was shocked. So I said, ah, but his work is to dream. He has finished telling us the dream. What else should we do? Should we start? Maybe we should make him the pastor of the church then. Yeah, if that's what you want. Because, yeah, prophet of the house. He has told us the dream. It's been, many of you have told me dreams. I, I've not made a fanfare out of your dream. You tell me, oh, God bless you, great. Well, then we just move. If God is speaking to us, we will do what God is saying through it. But there's no reason to enthrone. Enthrone. Look, the guy used to sit in the church with such pomp. I said, you are the cause of this problem. You have made him feel that he's where he's not. Yeah. So, second, second experience. Line, line upon line. Precept upon precept. This one, like, look, when she dreams, the pastor makes a decision. Remind me to tell you something after church. No, it's not related. It could be. I don't know. <laughs> when you hear that same prophetess talking, you'll be wondering whether you are watching pornography or an adult movie. The same person talking. Here. Yeah. How do these words and prophecies come from the same well? We are talking about decency. Anyway, let's go on. So, renew your mind. Renew your mind. And the way to renew your mind is to delete some things. Format the disk and begin to put the word of God there. Begin to put the word of God there. Fill it with the word of God. Your mind will change. When your mind changes, it will affect your body. Yeah. When you see a madman, where do you think the problem is? I asked it. When you see a madman, a madman, okay, a madman, where do you think the problem is? Is it not in the head, in the mind? When the mind goes off, it controls the whole body. Now, many of us are sick one way or the other. I mean, all of us. One way or the other. Some of us are sick in the ear. It doesn't affect the rest of the body. Some of us are sick in the eye. Recently, I went for an eye test. They told me, one eye, my left eye, my right eye is perfect. 2020 vision. But my left eye is not that strong. So, I, 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 I'm sure, 2010 vision. So I'm sure, it's, so, so it's when I look at you with my left eye, that's when I see bad things. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's not your fault, it's my eye. But it doesn't affect my whole body. Some of you have problems with your foot. I remember Mininok some time ago, she was in a cast and she had to, you know, like that. But the rest of the body is okay. But as soon as the problem affects your mind, it affects the whole body. Now, when the mind changes, it will affect the whole body. That's why people go to university three years, four years. See, the mind has been affected. They become lawyers. The mind has been affected. They become doctors. The mind has been affected. They become addicts. If you allow the word of God to affect your mind, you'll be a totally different person. <laughs> Principle number three. We are going to seven. And I have three minutes. Sure, seven in three minutes. After you are born again, a great change will come into your life if you listen to a lot of preaching. If you listen, not if you listen to preaching, but if you listen to a lot of preaching. Romans 10, 7 says, Now faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Like I just said, we went to the university, we were just 
matric graduates went to people talking. They talked to us for three years, four years. When they finished, they said, oh, you are now this. You are now a lawyer. Just hearing them talking. We have not done anything. Just like you. You have not done anything. You just kept hearing them. As you kept hearing, they said, from today you are a lawyer. From today you are a dentist. From today you are an architect. From today you are a scientist. From today you are an accountant. From today you are this. Just by people talking to you for four years. Imagine if you expose yourself to the word of God. And you listen to it regularly. Regularly. What change will come into your life? I am a product of listening to the word of God regularly. Recently, I discovered something. You know, flow prayer is back. So I discovered something, flow prayer. Usually, I, I start from my room on my tablet, blah, 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 blah. Then I let my children turn the YouTube on the, on the television for me. Okay, now they've connected it in a funny way, so I don't know how to make it work. I mean, it's a strategic way so that I don't use the tea. Do you get it? Good. No problem. So I beg them, please, turn the flow on for me. Then they will turn it on for me. When flow finishes, I just turn it off. That was last year. But this year, I discovered, something just happened, I left it on. Then I said, oh, when flow finishes, it will go to another Another flow, then to go. So I decided now I'll leave it. I won't touch it. I won't touch it. So the whole day, as I'm going, I explain the house the whole day. So it gets to a place, then it will say, if you want to continue, press something. Do you get it? I have to learn that one so I can do the press. And then I'm on. Yeah. Continue watching. Yeah, I have to press it. I went to press it on the TV. They didn't come. So I said, okay, no problem. You have to press it somewhere else. Not a problem. Next time. Just continue. Listen, listen. You listen here. You listen here. You listen. You don't know how much it affects you. You cannot say that the only time you hear the word of God is when you come and I preach one hour. And my one hour is level 48 seconds and it's finished. I've not even gotten deep into what I'm preaching. And what I preach, many of it you, are, you can't remember. Many of it you can't remember. All you can remember is I invited a guy, he was trapped. That's all you can remember. And you, since then you have been thinking, hey, how can Bishop go and invite somebody who is trapped? Yes, that's all you are thinking about. So you have to go again and listen again, again. That's why we have, we have podcasts. And you get to listen to it again and again. Listening to the word of God has never been as easy as it is today than it has ever been. For free. But you only listen. The next time you hear preaching is Sunday. Throughout the week, you are listening to Kalagacha, 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 Kalagacha. Yeah. Is that the beats for Kalagacha? Oh, okay. No, no. Pastor Tyler used to be a DJ in a nightclub. That's, that's why. That's why. That's my podcast over there. You have Bishop's podcast. Listen to it again and again. Can't be that the only time you hear God's word is on Sunday. That's why change is not coming. You are born again, all right, but change is not coming. That's it. Prophet's podcast. Put your hands together for Jesus. That's Abraham right there. Principle number four. At least let me finish with principle number four. 
and this Sarah out here. <laughs> After you are born again, a great change will come into your life if you change your friends. First Corinthians fifteen thirty three. King James Version. After that, I need the IV. Then any other versions you have. Let's just read the Bible. So that the battle will be with the Bible. Not me now. Okay. Yeah. Tomorrow is my son's 16th birthday. I want to wake up in a happy mood. Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. You have NIV. Let, whilst they are looking for NIV, let me read from the NIV reader's version to you. It says, Don't let anyone fool you. Bad companions. Companion is a word. English teacher. Bulelua is an English teacher. As the English teachers, what does companion mean? Companion means friend. Bad chomis. Make a good Person bad. NIV, be not misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad company has an effect on a good character. No matter how good you are, if you mix with the wrong people, it will corrupt you. Do not be tricked by false words. Evil company that damage to good behavior. I like the way the church is quiet because the Bible, just the Bible. Yeah. I think I have one more version here. Let me read it. Uh, NLT. Do not be fooled by those who say such things. Bad company corrupts good character. First Kings 11. Do you know why bad company corrupts good character? I'm talking about those your friends used to, used to smoke with. Now that you are born again, you have to move away from them. You cannot, it, is not, it will not be easy for you to develop as a Christian. As if you are still with them. It will not. It will not. Hey, Pastor, you can't tell me what to be my friend. I'm not telling you who to be your friend. I'm telling you how to grow spiritually. You can't still be with them as your friends. Me, when I got born again, I used to play soccer with, with people. Before I got the name Ronaldo here in Peter Marisbeck, I was already called Ronaldo. Yeah, CR7. I used to play soccer with them. Look, the time they play the soccer, it makes it impossible to go for outreach, go for prayer meetings. The soccer starts around five. We have lights. That's around five in the afternoon. That's when we start getting ready to go for prayer, follow up, all these things. And we play every single day. And then on Sunday, we play in the morning. Early in the morning. And we play the whole day in the afternoon, we go to the stadium. So can you imagine? Now I say I've gotten born again. I can't, I, I had to break away from them. Because if I don't break away from them, I can't really seriously be in the church. 
Yeah, recently one of them asked me, why did you know? He called me. He's now a pastor, a man of God. He was calling me, asking how to build the church, so on, blah, 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 blah. Then he asked, he said, I want to ask you this question. I said, what's the question? He said, I, I remember you. You saw, he said, I was preaching to my church. I said, one of my childhood friends, he saw the light very early. And he changed his ways. And now he's in full-time ministry. He's a bishop, blah, 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 blah. But one of the questions that is going to him, why did you never tell me? About Jesus, I said, look, forgive me. We were children. We were foolish. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Yeah, because I don't remember why I never said. He saw the light later on. But I broke away quickly with my, with my only one friend. I said, look, brother, I found a church. The pastor says he's going to teach all about fornication. So now we are going to really know how to fornicate properly. So let's go to that church. what he said. Next week I'm going to teach about all about fornication. I said, wow! What a church! So I told him that this is the most powerful church in the world. The pastor is going to teach us all about fornication. Let's go! So we can really know how to. Then I came with him. Yeah! I came with him. Only to find out that, no, 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 I was lost. Today, we are both in the church. Today, he's the lay president of the church in Ghana. That same guy. So, it's like, we have all risen to a set. We are the two who broke away from that group. The rest of them, oh. But if we were with them, I couldn't have grown. I couldn't have grown. You see, so when we tell you this and you start to argue, it's almost like you can't see far. You only see 2020. And 2020. Yeah, 2020 vision. So you only see 2020. Ask somebody who's tall like Pastor Merlin who can see into 2030 to tell you what will happen to you by 2030. Yeah. Ask him to tell you. I'm the the tall guy, Jedi, and Co. Let them see into 2025 and tell you what your life will be by then. Yeah. So you just want to mix with anybody. Oh, these girls you were going to the club with, sleeping with everybody. Now you say you are born again. You still want to roll with them. You, look, when you are rowing, you can't even say what you learned in church. You can't even think about spiritual things. You cannot grow. Your friends corrupt you more because you spend more time with them. That's the simple reason. Anything you spend more time with influences you more. Whether you like it or, or, or not. Whether directly or indirectly. So you spend more time with your friends. Going around with them. They will influence you more. Me, I, I'm your pastor. You spend one hour a week with me. Even that one hour, look at the way we are pressed. Last week I had to take a vow. I won't preach beyond time. Look at me, seven days later, I'm breaking that same vow again. I mean, I don't get much time to be with you. But the person who's your friend... He spends more time with you. Let me show you somebody in the Bible. I said line upon line, put up a preacher. So, scripture example. First Kings 11. Do you remember the guy they call King Solomon? I read the scripture and then I close. King Solomon. The one who God appeared and said, ask me anything you want. And he asked for wisdom. God said, hey, I've never seen anybody ask such a spiritual request before. I'm going to give you wisdom and I'm going to give you all the things that you need in this life. That guy, look at him. But King Solomon loved many strange women together with the daughter of Pharaoh, the women of the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Edonites, the Zidonians, the Hittites, 
He was into exotic women. Exotic, I mean, colorful women. Zidonians, Ammonites, Hittites, Edomites, and Egyptians. Verse 2. Of the nations concerning which the Lord has said to the children of Israel, ye shall not go in unto them, neither shall they come in unto you, that you will not company with them, you will not mix with them. For surely they will turn your heart away to their God. Your friends turn your heart to what they believe. Your friends, they turn your heart to what they believe. Whatever you believe because of who your friends are. It's as simple as you don't need any scientific equation. E is equal to MC squared to get it. Or you just do this. No, 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 no. This is it. You believe what you believe because of the people who your friends are. For they will surely turn your heart away to their gods. To their gods. Every change in a person's life comes from their heart. The mouth, the eyes, the hands, the feet, they just confirm what is in the heart. Let's go on. No, there's a line. I missed one line there. And Solomon clave unto these things in love. Solomon said, I'm in love. This is the reason why the things, the people we have to break away from it's difficult because the people, we love them. We love them. So to break away from them is difficult. The same, Solomon had the same situation. He said, tell God, I'm in love. You being in love doesn't change the effect that it will have on you. That's the reality. It's, it's unfortunate. If you hate the people, you will not need the scripture to break away from the people. You don't need scripture. The people you hate, that your cousin who's at Umtata who you don't like, you don't you see you are avoiding him. You have not used a scripture. You are avoiding him like a plague. Yeah. Verse 3. And he has 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. And his wife, what, look at it. And his wife turned away his heart. The man with all the wisdom in the world, his wife turned away his heart. Verse 4. For it came to pass when Solomon was old. So it takes time for you to now see the outward effect of your friends on you. It takes time. Initially, you will be arguing. That, ah, what's wrong? Why? What's wrong with it? It takes time. Time. It says, and it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wife turned away his heart unto other gods. So the first thing was that they turned his heart from God. Then the second thing was that they turned his heart to other gods. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord, his God, as was the heart of his father, David. Verse 5. For Solomon went, now the fruits are showing, and Solomon went after Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Zidonians, and after Melchor, the abomination of the Edomites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and went not fully after the Lord as his father David. Verse 7. 
Then did Solomon build high place and high place for Chemosh. He was now building for uh, um, uh, other gods. He had stopped building for this. Is the guy who built the temple for God. He had stopped building for God, and he built a, a holy, a, a high place for Chemosh. Hey, even the, their names should scare you. Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, in the hill that is before Jerusalem, and for Molech, the abomination of the children of Ammon. He built for all these people. And likewise did he for all the strange wives which burnt incense and sacrificed unto their gods. Verse 9. And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel which appeared unto him twice. God appeared to Solomon two times to warn him about this particular incident. Maybe let's not read 10. And he had commanded, uh, oh, next time. But when you go and read verse 14, God had raised an adversary to fight against Solomon. Yeah. I mean, and God was angry because I've given you warning two times. Apart from the warning that Moses gave to you, me, myself, I've come to you twice to tell you, still, you want to follow this um, Chemosh and all these Ashtaroth and all these wild gods. Let me show you an interesting verse I saw in them. I've never seen it before. Second Peter 2, verse 7 and 8. When you go, you can read the whole of Second Peter 2 and then, no, Second Peter 2, yeah. And then also you can even read Second Peter 3. Wild piece of scripture. But let me read this. It says, And delivered just lot, vexed with the filthy conversation, which is the filthy behavior of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to Today, with their unlawful deeds. That's the scripture in the Bible. Let you, that's the scripture in the Bible. Matter, that's the scripture. This righteous man, his spirit was vexed, his spirit was destroyed. As he saw in seeing and hearing the way the people behaved in Sodom and Gomorrah. That's what destroyed his spirit. Yeah, later on, his children tried, his children raped him. The question is, where did the children learn such an evil thing from? The people they were with, the people they were living with, the people, the pe- they learned it from Sodom and Gomorrah, from the people. There are some things you are learning by company with your old friends, by company with some way people, by company with radioactive church members, by mixing with them. They will vex your spirit. They will cause an irritation in your spirit. Yeah, and this is not anger problems. This is the word of God. Yeah, they will, they will stir up an irritation in your heart. That by the time you finish, you see, and because this thing doesn't happen two weeks, three weeks, do you get it? So you just take it for granted. Sometimes it will take five years. Sometimes it will take ten years. 
Sometimes, sometimes you are, you are, you are, you are, you, it may not even destroy you, but it will destroy your children. Because you are creating an atmosphere for them to learn the wrong things. Yeah. In seeing and hearing. What does this? And if you read verse 8, for he lived among them that a righteous man tormented himself day by day with the lawless deeds he saw and heard. Tell me, does he influence you? you I'm, trying to, I'm trying to change them. More often, they change you. Yeah, unless God himself talks to them, they won't change. Yeah, so look. Protect yourself. Wear your seatbelt. Put on your bulletproof. Wear your mask. Protect yourself from people who have the virus. Protect yourself. Okay, no problem. Number five. After that you are born again, a great change will come into your life if you fellowship regularly. One of the ways to improve your Christian life is to come to church regularly. Hebrews 10, 25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of yourself together as the manner of salmon, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. Anybody who comes to church regularly grows. A change comes into your life. Even the way you talk. Some of you have changed the way you dress just because you come to church. You had clothes, the type of clothes that you had. The type of clothes that you had. Now, because of church, you are forced to get other kinds of clothes. Yeah, but before when you were not coming to church, I mean, you could wear nothing. Not anything, nothing. Yeah, nothing. You wear anything, you are a jar. I mean, you are operating an open door policy. It's an open plan. You understand open plan? Yeah, it's an open plan. Open plan is you can see the kitchen, the living room, everything at a, it's like a studio flat. It's open to everybody. Yeah, but by coming to church, you have learned how to wear a skirt and a heel and then this and this and that. When you move around, you are like a lady. Changes coming into her. You have learned how to talk. Many of us, some of us didn't know how to talk. We just could talk recklessly, talk and shout anyhow. But now you know how to talk gently. Gently, you talk politely because as you come to church, you see other ladies in the church, they talk decently, they talk gently. So you say, oh, ah. It, it doesn't mean, you don't have to shout for everybody to hear you. Ooh, okay. Uh-huh. Then you've learned. You've learned how to dress. Some of you have learned how to wear a tie. You were not wearing a tie before. You were moving around in Peter Marisberg like a boxer. But now you have learned how to wear a tie. Yeah. Do you get it? So as you come to church regularly, there, there is change. That's why you shouldn't miss any church service. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. You, Sunday morning, you are tired. You wake up, you tell us, I got to be there. I got to be there. Yeah. I got to be there. Number six. Oh, that's number seven. Now, principle number six. After you are born again, a great change will come into your life. When you are endued or endowed, I don't know what you're saying, endued with power of the Holy Ghost. Serving God, you need a power. Just as a car cannot move without fuel, you also cannot serve God without the power of the Holy Ghost. If God himself doesn't empower you, you can't serve him. So John 1, 12, the Bible says, as many as receive him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. Even them that believed in his name. Without God giving you power, you can't save him. 
You can't, you, you can't stop fornicating. You can't stop fornicating by New Year's re- re- resolutions. You can't stop fornicating because somebody caught you. Oh, it's just three weeks. You will get over that, um, that feel. Oh, oh, you were caught. You were arrested. Uh, the, the, when you get over, you start again. You only stop when the Holy Spirit helps you. Jesus said in Acts 1 verse 8, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be my witnesses. A lot of the things you are struggling with, it's time to pray for the Holy Spirit to help you. Until then, it will just, you will just be ding-dong, dilly-dong, dilly-ding. You stop for three weeks, then you do. And any time you stop, when you come back, you cover for the ones you have missed. You clear. I mean, you go all out. Then you cover the arrears. Then you start feeling bad again. Then you stop again. Then like that, that's all it will be. And you have, some of you have been doing it for four years, three years, depending on what degree it is, with honest or without honest. You have been doing it for a long time, some seven years, a PhD course, but you have still not been able to stop. But today, may God give you his power. So you can't stop. So that you can't stop. I mean, you have masturbated. Now it's almost like you are bleaching your skin. Today is the last day. Receive power to stop. Luke 24, 49 says, And behold, I send you, I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. That's the only way you can live as a Christian. Principle number seven. And after you are born again, a great change will come into your life if you learn how to pray and speak in tongues. First, first, first Corinthians 14, verse 2 to 5 says, For, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto man, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to education, exhortation, and comfort. And he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. Hallelujah. So as you speak in tongues, you build yourself up. Stand to your feet, let's pray, and then we will go home. I want us to pray for the power of the Holy Ghost to come upon us to be able to obey. Oh, movement, please. Uh, Charles Bronson. Oh, Jay Simpson. Come, come. I've no clothes. I'm just. Come, come, come. Here. Tokyo Sequali. I'm just coming be there. Lift your voice. Begin to pray that, Lord, give me the power of the Holy Ghost. Give me the power of the Holy Ghost. Pray for a moment or two. Pray for a moment or two. For the power of the Holy Spirit. Pray for a moment Lord, send your power upon me. Pray for God's power. To be upon you so that you can you can keep his commandments so that you can do his will you can do his will you can do his to, to enjoy your christian life to enjoy your christian life lord release your power upon us release your power upon us pray for power wherever you are right now 
pray for God's power. God's power. That comes from the Holy Ghost. Jesus said you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come on you. To be my witness. To be my witness. To be my... As many as received him, he gave them power to become sons of God. Today we are receiving power to be children of God. Lord, we proclaim Release your power on us, Lord. And release, release your, your power on us, Lord. Power yes, Lord. And let your presence your fall on us. If you know the song, sing with us. Lord, we proclaim you. Oh,
that we'll be able to follow your commandments and your statutes in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. Thank you for joining us. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Bishop Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 083-773-1605. God richly bless you.